You're listening to Up to the Mic. If you want to learn about the struggles and triumphs of starting a business, performing for sold-out arenas, or inspiring those you lead, Up to the Mic is the show for you. Throw on some headphones and get ready to listen as our host, Vinny Hale, sits down to showcase the stories of those who deserve their stories be told. From young entrepreneurs to critically acclaimed musicians and so much more, Vinny helps compile a season of interviews that inspire listeners to follow in the footsteps of his guest. Welcome to season two. Sorry for the interruption, but this podcast is brought to you by Footy International. Footy International is a forward-thinking, sustainable apparel company based in Austin, Texas, that creates socks geared for worldwide adventures. The co-founders engineered these socks from plastic bottles to optimize comfort, durability, and sustainability, all with an entirely USA-made supply chain. With specifically added technology like antimicrobial treatment and ribbed sole knitting, you can wear these everywhere you explore, every day. And socks are just a start for this company. Keep an eye out for their new product releases coming soon. Save the planet and your feet today by using code UPTOTHEMIC10 for 10% off site-wide at FootyInternational.com. My next guest is a real estate entrepreneur based out of College Station, Texas. He's a former member of the Texas A&M football team and was later drafted by the Green Bay Packers. This guest has brokered over $1 billion in sales volume. He's partnered or founded over 22 companies and is consistently ranked in the top 1% of real estate agents in the United States. He's known as a visionary for other entrepreneurs and still continues to give back to his community through his camps that preach some of his founding principles of football, faith, and finance. Please welcome my next guest, Terrence Murphy. Terrence, thanks for being here. Thank you, Vinny. I really appreciate it, man. Excited to be on your show, and it's always good to connect with another Aggie, man. Absolutely. That's why I'm so thankful that we were able to get this organized. Um, I reached out a while back and it took a while to get get on your schedule, but I'm really thankful you made some time for us. Um, I know the listeners are going to appreciate it. And I know they probably want to hear all about the days of football and what you're doing nowadays with all your businesses. But I like to start with most of my guests and take it back to the beginning. So give me a brief rundown of your experiences growing up, you know, what it was like growing up outside of Tyler, what you did for fun, family life, the whole nine. Yeah, man. So uh, born and raised in Nice, Texas. And uh, my wife gives me a hard time because when I start speaking to family members and friends that I grew up with, she's like, I can't understand anything y'all just said. So I have that little East Texas swing or slang conversation or speech that I that I have. But yeah, man. So grew up in Tyler Chapel Hill or Chapel Hill, which is more of the countryside of of, of Tyler. Um, single mom. And, you know, humble beginnings. And, and but I knew God at an early age and she taught us work ethic. She was really passionate about education. And um, those are the things that I took serious. And what I did for fun, bro, if I wasn't playing basketball, football, baseball, running track, um, you know, just hanging out and doing what country kids do. Right. And, and so I, I, I learned uh, I got a, um, a passion for guns and stuff at an early age, because when you're in East Texas, you hunt and you do that kind of stuff. So, yeah, man, that's why I took A&M. I had about 17 to 20 D1 offers, but I feel like A&M was the right place for me because of similar uh, settings with the with, with, with the way that the university was set up. Yeah, I noticed when I was doing a little bit of research on you, you were uh, an ag development was your primary major was 
that probably a draw to you coming from a little bit of a country rural background? Um, or were there other ties to Texas A&M that pulled you that way? Well, I love Coach Slocum. You know, he was he he was and still is a legend. And uh, we still have a great relationship today. Um, at that time, you know, in the early 2000s, I mean, Texas A&M was really strong and they're just as strong today. So I just love the tradition of Texas A&M. I love the humble beginnings of the university. If I didn't play football, I wanted to be an Army Ranger. So I'm real big in the military and studying and, um, you know, studying history of military history. So all those things made sense. And then being in, being an East Texas kid, agriculture. So I came to A&M and I was doing uh, sports management. But in the middle of my degree plan, they shut down that program at Texas A&M. So I ended up moving to Ag and, you know, now I have a cattle business. I do hay. I have I run I do black Angus cows and I'm actually going to pick up a, a new bull tonight. So, yeah, man, it just kind of made sense. And I'm out at, the, you know, when we first got back from Green Bay. I knew I didn't want to stay in Green Bay once I retired. And my wife's a UT grad, and I got I talked to her into coming here. She was like, I don't know if I want to go to that cow town. But um, now she's here. She loves it. And we're out at our ranch, and it couldn't be better. Yeah, are you all located um, in College Station? I know that's where you do most of your business. I wasn't sure if you and your family locate there, if you all are elsewhere, and you just travel in for a lot of business. But No, I'm here in Aggieland, brother. I was staying in South College Station for the first couple of years. And then we were in traditions. At, some, at one point, we had built our dream home there on Hole 12. Um, it was a beautiful home. We just sold it and we moved out to our ranch to an undisclosed location. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. That's totally no, fine. No, uh, just, it's just a joke because everybody knew my house here in town because it's really different. It was modern. And so it's just it's, I say that as a joke to say I'm, I'm, I'm off the beaten path now. <laughs> no, yeah, we're out at our ranch. It's in Bryan and it's a great, great place. That's awesome. That's kind of a dream of probably a lot of Aggies um, as they're going through college to get that degree, go off and make a living to where one day they can go back and whether it be in College Station or elsewhere, have that property, have that land. Um, I know that's something on the back of my mind that I didn't grow up necessarily raising cattle, but I definitely grew up in the small town atmosphere where I used to joke and say, it, my perspective's changed a little bit now, but I used to grow up and say that I'm the least country person from a very country town. Um, and moving to A&M, I realized that that wasn't quite the case. Um, I knew a lot more about it than I thought I did. Um, but let, let's switch over. Yeah, we're talking about A&M now. So you went to A&M because you loved Coach Slocum, and you also had some ties because of the agricultural background. You ended up, I think, getting a minor in business um, as well. Yep. But real estate wasn't really on the top of mind when you were there. You were primarily just solely focused on football, am I right? Like real estate came into the picture later on after football kind of ran its course, or am I, am I misleading there? No, yeah, you're on point. Yeah, I mean, I was here and I was focused on ball, but I knew I was going to get drafted. That was a a goal, and I never thought that I wouldn't. And so, um, but I was, you know, I had a lot of records that I broke at Texas A&M. No one gave me a chance because I was a two-star recruit from from uh, East Texas small school. And I remember there was even a time that people said, why did we sign this guy? But they only said that for maybe a couple of weeks because once I got here for camp, um, I was making some big plays, and then I went out the first game at Kyle Field as a true freshman, first game of the year, and caught the game winning touchdown. And from that point on, it was, um, you know, it was it was it was a really fun time, you know. Um, but I was three time academic All Conference too. Not a lot of people know that, so I wasn't just, you know, making All Conference in football and making, you know, All American preseason All American things like that. But I was doing it academically also. Um, but yeah, real estate came on after I played and got drafted with the Packers. I had the neck injury. I retired. 
And I was just looking for a passion. And that was my biggest prayer. God, give me something I can be passionate about. And he showed me real estate. And as I started really chasing that dream, he showed me all the all the ways in which it was truly set up for my personality on how to sell and study and do research and just work and put in the work. It reminded me of sports because when you put in the work, you get the results. And that's when I really pursued real estate and took off on that journey. Well, before we jump into all that you do with your business, you were drafted, uh, I believe, in the second round by the Packers. And it wasn't a long football career uh, due to injury, like you mentioned. But tell me about the way you kind of approached your successes and also your struggles on the football field. And then whether or not the way you approach that and that mentality kind of helped you transition into business. Yeah, it helped me for sure. I think the the biggest struggle with, with, with that student athletes is, in my opinion, they should be called student employees. Um, when you look at the revenue that we create for universities, I'm grateful that now they have some a way to to benefit. And then people are like, well, you're not grateful for the education you got. I'm very grateful for the education I got which is why now I, I'm a donor in the 12th man. I'm a part of the athletic council and I give back to my university. So I'm not saying that that's not valuable. What I'm saying is we're employees, man. We work 70 hours a week or more. It's crazy. And to not have a way to, because we don't really have a college experience. That's what people don't understand. We don't get to do what college kids do. We go to school year round. So spring, summer, and fall, and you're in full hours. It's not like you're taking a couple of hours and hanging out. We always have to be in class from eight to 12 because we're in the weight room. We got to be at the facility from like one and we don't get home to maybe 10 at night. You know, so between training, studying, shower, film room, weight room, it's a full time job. So I'm saying all that to say I'm grateful that there are some things that are changing about the landscape of college football and just all athletics, because I think the ladies deserve it, too. But um yeah, I would say as you think about that transition from being an athlete to an entrepreneur, there's a lot of things that I learned at an early age, like time blocking, because you cannot be a great athlete at a, at a university like Texas A&M unless you understand time blocking. You can't be a team captain unless you understand how to lead different types of personalities. And you can't grow a brand unless you understand how to speak to lots of people because you you. I mean, like on autograph day, dude, there's 70,000 people in there trying to get your autograph. So it's just things like that that really taught me. And when I translated that to an entrepreneur, it really helped me. Well, now you you have transitioned extremely well and you run over 20 companies or you founded, like I mentioned, at least over 20 companies from real estate. I was going through your website from real estate to plumbing to property development. You're in Your hand is in all kinds of different buckets. Um, but on top of that, you really preach prioritization of your family and your faith. So I'm just curious, take us through a day in the life for you. What, what, what do you do to kind of keep everything in order and really prioritize your life? Yeah, it's a similar thing that I learned. I remember after I caught that game winning touchdown, my freshman year, I, I remember my roommate went to class and he came home and I was in the house, I mean, in the, in the dorm and he dumped like all these newspapers on my bed. He's like, dude, you're on the front page of everything. And I remember right in and there, my life became a whirlwind, man. I never could walk around in this town or go somewhere on campus or not be doing interviews with Sports Illustrated or ESPN or Fox News or whatever. And I remember thinking, man, and all of my classmates that were true freshmen, most of them redshirt. 
So they were able to go to class, hang out on Fridays, go to Northgate on Saturdays, things like that. I didn't get that experience. And so I learned, like, if I don't learn how to manage this, it's not going to be sustainable. And so I really focused on time blocking. If I give anybody any encouragement, but whatever God has given you to put on your plate and whatever platform is giving you, if you can understand time blocking and I say, where's my TBS, where's my time best spent? When I really understood that, that really gave me an opportunity to put my time in the right place. And then the next thing is when I learned how to leverage, you know, because someone like me who's type A and I want everything done perfect, I hold on to too much. But when I learned to give it up and let other people on my team do it and they end up doing it better than me, I was able to leverage. And that's why I'm able to run these businesses and do them at a high level. Uh, so, yeah, learning time blocking and leverage was was key. Well, starting out, I mean, that that's obviously something that is commonly preached from a lot of highly successful individuals due to the fact that you kind of have to have that dedicated amount of time. Otherwise, you're never going to get anything accomplished. Um, so I think it's definitely a truthful statement what you're preaching there. But I'm curious to dive a little bit deeper into the business realm. What was the decision after retirement from football like to actually create that first business? And I say this from the sense that, you know, what would what advice would you give to someone trying to start a business now? Like what, what could you do or what could they do now that you already learned to help them be successful starting out? You know, what were the, some of the hardest lessons that you had to go through when you were, you know, initially starting that first real estate investment or that first uh, real estate venture? Yeah, I think the big the big misnomer is people think that we got it. We're taken care of. Well, it's Terrence Murphy. It's T. Murph. He's good. Right. Everybody just kind of writes you off like you're taken care of. And I remember I went to, man, probably 100 and something networking events. I literally had business cards stacked up this high. And I would write everybody a handwritten letter, send them an email. And you just think, when well, you're Terrence Murphy, you're T. Murph, you played at NM, you were a two-time all-conference, two-time team captain. These jobs are just going to be lined up for you. It doesn't work that way. So you got to really find where you're passionate. And as I started really starting pursuing different paths, I didn't have any work experience. So everybody loved me as an athlete and as a team captain and as a, I mean, I was the face of a and football for my junior and senior year, but I had no work experience. And so no one was willing to give me that chance. And so that's when I just honestly got frustrated. And I was like, well, I'll just go make my own table. And that's what I did. I just started pursuing financial literacy and reading books. And I remember my wife immediately got a job because she had an education degree. But I was like, you know what? I don't want to work for anybody else. And so I just started off day one. I've never had a job since the Green Bay Packers. And I just went on this journey to just bootstrap everything. And people were like, oh, well, you know, no, literally, like I, I did whatever it took to figure it out. And I remember I ate sack lunches every day for like a year straight because I didn't want to spend money on eating out. I'm like, I just, you know, I got to figure this thing out. And so you got to do what it takes. I'll say, I'll give you three things. One, as an entrepreneur, you got to be willing and ready to fight for your dreams. Number two, you can't listen to friends and family because everybody's going to make you go the safe route. If you're a true entrepreneur, true entrepreneurs, they make their plane on the way down, they jump, or you put them in a desert and they find their way to the water. And then number three, um, do your research, understand the risk, and then go for it. And that's, that's always what I tell entrepreneurs, because if you really got it, you'll figure it out. And some people are cut out for this game and some aren't. I think that's absolutely terrific advice because that's something that, I mean, I still have the safe route, like I mentioned right before we started. I, I've got that full-time job in the background and 
not that I think the podcast will necessarily take over for my full-time job one day, but it's one business of many that I hope to one day start. And it, it was my first little step outside of my full-time job. And I'm kind of learning how the business works, how to get the LLC started, how to start building a little bit of income from it. And uh, hopefully one day I might be able to make the jump. But for now, I'm, uh, I'm a little timid on making the full force uh, jump from my full-time job. Um, so I'm curious, you know, for people that might be scared or in my position to do something like that, you mentioned eating sack lunches for a year, trying to save up money. How long did it take before you first started to turn a profit on any of the businesses that you first started? That is the blessing, man. Um, most of my businesses, like TM5, I've never, I've never been in the red, not one day. Uh, it's, it's truly been a blessing from God. And we started off, at, you know, in the black. And because I, I encourage people, everybody wants to go out and get a business loan. And everybody wants to go get credit and get credit cards and go get this fancy office building and all this stuff. You're just creating debt and you're creating expenses that you don't have a business to support yet. I went the opposite route because I, I'm at a place in my life. And even back then, when you're at the top of the game, when you think about Texas football, let's just it's, it's the number one state for football. And you think about all the high schools and all the junior colleges and all the D1AA's. But at the end of the day, it's Texas A&M, it's Texas it's the Cowboys, it's the Texans, period. Those are the top four or five programs. And when you're at the height there and then you go to a story program like the Packers and when I got injured, everybody disappeared, you know? And so I had to know what it felt like to kind of rebuild myself in the shadows. So when I started building the businesses, I was okay with building them in the shadows and I just bootstrapped. That means I just kept my expenses low. I focused on the fundamentals. I focused on really understanding how to run a business. And dude, I read 40 books in 16 months. So I was going to half price books and I was getting books for $3.99. I was paying more in taxes and in shipping than the books were, that were worth. I was buying them on Amazon. The book would be $3. The shipping would be 10 But it doesn't matter. I was reading these books and I was just executing, bro. And that's how I built it. And I have the knowledge. And, you know, that's the beautiful thing. When you get the knowledge, nobody can nobody can take it from you. Very well said. Well, one of the ways that I think people in the new realm of business and the new marketplace or the way that they reach their marketplace is through social media. And I know that you obviously have a pretty great following on your social media accounts. And I'm curious what your opinion is on social media, both one for personal use and then two for branding a business. Yeah. Social media is, is it's a double-edged sword. I, I tell people all the time, if I wasn't in sales, I would delete every account that I have. And that's just because I've been in the spotlight for so long. I'm an introvert by nature and I've had enough limelight for a lifetime. So that's why people, when I started TM5, that was the mindset behind it. I didn't want to put my name all over it. Now, obviously people associated with me now because it's a statewide brand, but I was trying to create these companies where it wasn't about me. It was about the service. It was about the team. It was about the brand. It was about the unique selling proposition. And the same goes for the mentality on social media, if you get too caught up in making the brand about you, and there's times you need to, and it's a part of it. And, you know, once I got TM5 to a certain threshold, then I came off and behind the veil and was like, yeah, it's Terrence Murphy. Really, TM5 is just me, number five or class of 2005 or whatever. Um, but I tell people all the time, like, social media is a great tool. You can do it with sweat equity. I will always tell them, don't go on and buy a bunch of ads. Do it the right way. Do it organically. 
Because if you do it organically, you uh, will have a, a very loyal following. I think that's probably the best way to go about it is you never want to have something or do something half-heartedly. And when you take the short route, that ends up being exactly what you choose to do. Um, but it's still interesting to hear that, you know, for someone who's got such a presence on social media and who's got such a presence in the community that you would delete them all if it wasn't for, you know, the sales career path. So it's just, it's a funny little note that I, I wouldn't expect out of you. No, I would, you know, people think all NFL players, they try to put us in, in, in boxes. It's the same in college. I remember people would walk up to me and I'm so glad social media wasn't crazy. It started getting crazy about my senior year, but it wasn't as bad yet. I'm so glad it wasn't. Cause every time I would go on campus, I would always get asked for autographs and whatever, whatever. And I would just tell these kids, cause we were kids and I was a kid. I said, man, look, I'm eating double cheeseburgers just like you. I'm a broke college kid. I'll be your friend. We can study, but there's no reason to get my autograph. And so I just was always just trying to even out, even it out, man. I'm just more of a low key guy. So no matter where I'm at, whether I'm up or down in or out, I like to just kind of keep it low key. Um, and I think that's my the attractive thing of Bryan College Station, because I could be anywhere in the world doing this. I mean, I could go to New York and go to San Diego. I go to Atlanta. I can go anywhere. But I choose to be here and raise my family because it's a it's a really good place. Uh, but, yeah, social media would be would be out. OK, well. Changing gears a little bit here and diving a little deeper into what some of your real like core values are. If you could instill in your children you know, any value, any trait, any characteristic to, you know, help them be successful in life, what would that be? Yeah, man. So I do everything by five in my life. I have three kids and it's me and my wife. So there's five of us, you know, one of my founded, my main foundational scripture is Matthew five. I was class of 2005 at AM. I was number five on the football team. I've been telling people since I was five years old that I was going to get drafted one day to the NFL. I did it in the year 2005. I can keep going. Um, so I have five core values, and it's an acronym, EPIC. So E-P-I-G-H, excellence, passion, integrity, growth, and hard work. And if I could instill anything in my kids, those are my company's core values. That's my personal core values. And if they could embody those things of excellence, just being excellent in everything they do. It didn't say be perfect, just be excellent. And then have passion. Don't do it unless you're passionate about it. I don't do anything at this point in my life because I have to. I do it because I want to. And then if you're going to do something, do it with integrity. Once again, didn't say I'm perfect and right all the time, but my heart is pure. I'm doing it with integrity. And then growth. You got to be willing to involve and grow. Every day you're not growing, you're dying. And then at the end of it all, man, you got to put in the work. And so that's my core values. I like that. Those are really, uh, they resonate with you when you hear it coming from someone who's lived them and made a successful career and successful life with them. Uh, something I'm going to try and implement in my own uh ventures going forward but if you had to do it all over again and you retire from the nfl again and you've got to restart and you're starting from you know that point in your life i know that you mentioned how you took the opposite path of pulling it you know pulling yourself up from your bootstraps and not really taking the extra expenses the extra loans would you do anything differently or what would you do differently if you wanted to kind of expedite the process of getting to where you are now were the lessons worth it or would you try and forego some of them? <laughs> yeah, I would say, man, I would I would have shot bigger. I mean, I'm a big thinker already. Everything I do is big. Everything I do is audacious. Everything I do is faith moved. So when I speak to my team and I tell them stuff that we're going to do, I remember when I started TM5, I literally wrote it on a napkin. I was in the middle of depression. I wrote it down on a napkin. 
And at the time it was my fiance. And I said, one day I'm going to start a brokerage named TM5. I said, in 10 years, we'll do a billion in sales. And she said, okay. Like she's kind of like, all right, well, no brokerage has ever done a billion in sales in college station in 10 years. And I did it in eight, eight and a half. So what seems impossible is possible. You just got to be the first one to do it in your family or in your friends or in your group of whoever, because they're just waiting on, you know, you to blaze the trail. And when you do it, then it seems normal. And so, yeah, man, that's just the mentality. And I, I would say the only thing I would do differently um, is think bigger, think bigger, chase, go bigger. I, I, you know, I should have, I should have went bigger earlier. I, I get it now but I should have went bigger earlier and I did go big, but I should have went bigger than that. And that would be the only thing I would change. And I'm still in my thirties. So I still got a little time left, but um, yeah, that'd be it. Well, speaking of, you know, it was a perfect transition into the next question I had lined up for you, but what's next? Well, I mean, after all of the time you've spent building up what you have now, what's next for you? Yeah, um, man, I'm just pursuing what, you know, I'm really focused on my whole life, whether it was in sports or ac- academia or whatever. I've always been serving everybody else, even in real estate. My clients came first. You know, I've been the number one agent or top five in Central Texas for 10 years. or so running or 11, 12 years. I've been top one percent of real estate agents since 2011. So I guess 10, 11 years or so. So I think I've just always been serving everybody else, man. I'm really I'm really focused on mental health right now for myself. I'm really focused on ministry. Like with my camp, the Terrence Murphy camp, we just put it on here in College Station. We had 500 and some volunteers and attendees show up. We have 50 kids step out of the aisle, walk down and give their lives to Christ. It's one thing to raise your hand in the shadows. It's another thing to say, yes, I want to know Jesus. It's another thing to step out in front of your peers, come to the front and say, I want to know God. And so, yeah, I mean, that's I'm just pursuing excellence in all those things to me success is great but if I don't do another thing successful I want to just make sure that I'm connected to my three children my wife my community my father in heaven and just doing the work that he's asking me to do and if it's in business great if it's in sports camps awesome if it's in whatever whatever he calls me to do I'm just going to try to pursue it with those same core values I mentioned earlier so that's what's next for me man I don't know I'm just taking it one day at a time. I'm passionate about real estate, passionate about entrepreneurship. Obviously, I started a podcast. I have a coaching business. I got all kinds of stuff I'm doing, and I got to be evolving. If I get to a place where I'm like, all right, this is just my day. I'm just going to do this every day. That gets that gets boring for me. I got to be chasing something. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm similar in the aspect that I've always got to have something something next. I'm always looking forward to the next thing. And sometimes I have to slow myself down and take in where I'm at right now, living a great life, happy where I am, but I'm still motivated and looking forward to that next thing. And every now and then I'll I'll go for a week straight of just really focusing on what's going to get me to this next spot, this next level, this next promotion, this next business. And I forget to just kind of let it all soak in. And uh, then I I take some time to try and balance myself a little bit. Um, But To all the Aggies out there and all the people that work for you, all the TM5 team members and other companies that you own, is there anything you'd like to uh, share with them or or 
say to them while you've got this platform here and would like to kind of shout out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the cool thing I'll say is real quick, you know, it's one of my dreams that I'm doing now is I always wanted to expand Team 5, and it's been cool. Now we're in 20 states, and we're in two countries. So we have a, we have a Team 5 team in Canada and Alberta, actually, the province of Alberta, um, and the number three team there, and I've never even been to Canada. So uh, it's been really cool to expand that way, and we plan on being in all 50 states and in 20 countries. So I'm always looking for real estate professionals that want to grow. I've been coaching – you know, you new agents for 10, 12 years. And I have a track record on, on how to train new agents on how to be successful. And so I'm always looking for anybody in the nation who's interested in real estate or want to be a part of real estate to join our team. So we have about 400 people that work for us directly or indirectly at this point. So to all my team members and employees and agents and any Aggies or just people who are listening to the podcast, my final word would be just go be great. You know, be you and be great. Don't let anyone tell you what you can and can't do. My whole life, people have told me what I couldn't do. And, you know, it's crazy. It doesn't doesn't even motivate me. It never did. But it's always fun to see when I do it, those people go back into the shadows. Um, So just go be great. Be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. Don't try to be somebody else. Be inspired. And then the last thing, be an encourager, not a critic. There's already enough haters and critics out there being encourager and um, keep going. Well, Terrence, thank you so much for making the time to meet with me today and sharing all of this wisdom and knowledge that you have and taking a step away from the actual core business that you do to come and hang out with me for a little bit and talk through and share some advice and some noteworthy topics that you'd like other people to know about going forward um, for all those listening, you can keep up with Terrence on his website, TerrenceMurphy.com, and follow him on Instagram at Terrence Realtor. That's at T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E Realtor. As always, follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at up to the mic underscore pod. Thanks so yeah. much. We'll see you in the next one. Yeah. I'm like an addict. Do I gotta have it? I ain't even playing, got a really bad habit.